Dodd Network News. Where we give you a new perspective. On events happening in our world today. This is GNN. Welcome to God Network News, Episode 11. Welcome GNN listeners to another exciting episode of God Network News. And today we're going to continue with our series by Fred Markert on what God's doing around the world. And today we're going to be focusing on Iran. That's right, Iran, the country of Iran, Farsi-speaking people of the world. Fred has some exciting stories about what God is doing in that country. And let me tell you, there's some very exciting stuff coming, so don't miss these next two episodes. These last two episodes will be the finishing touches to our series by Fred Markert on what God's doing around the world. And we're going to be starting a whole new series, so don't tune us out. Keep on listening, because God is still doing awesome things around the world, and the news goes on. So don't fill your minds with CNN or what I call crisis network news, because it's all negative rubbish. You don't need to listen to that, and plus, it doesn't give you a balanced view of what God's doing or what is happening at all around the world. All you hear is the negative stuff. Well, let's take a look, uh, especially as believers, uh, but even as non-believers, at what are the positive things that are happening? What are some exciting, fantastic things that are happening? And what is God doing and pointing at? And what is on his mind and his heart? So let's listen to Fred Markert as he starts this first part on the country of Iran. Uh, we, were, we were still there in the capital. You know what? And you guys, I just love the tough places. I kind of do. I'm not normal. So, you know, Iran, man, a radical Muslim place. I have always said, like, man, I just want to see God do something in Iran. And I couldn't stand it. We were just this close to the border of Iran. And I, did, I was praying, and I felt like I need to go down to Iran, even though it's illegal for Americans to go there, okay? I said, I need to go. I just want to get my feet on Iranian dirt. Because every place on which your foot shall tread, I'll give it to you. And I just wanted to pray for the gospel to go into Iran. So I prayed, and I felt like God said to go. So I went out into the capital, into the city, and I just hired an Azerbaijani man who had a van, and paid him a lot of money, and he put curtains in the van, because it's illegal to go down to Iran. Uh, the Azeri government has five border stations to stop people from going down there, because they don't want radical Islam to come across the border so they control it. And even if you're a Zeri citizen, you can't just go down. You have to get an internal passport and permission. So uh, God, I really felt like God said to go. And the only way to go was illegally. But I didn't think it was really illegal because like God owns the whole earth. And like in prayer, he told me I should go. So I kind of had a visa from the guy who owns the whole earth. So... And remember, I work for the government, and so, so I thought it's okay to go. So we hired this Muslim guy, and you know, had to give him a lot of money, because he, he knew it was illegal. He put curtains in the van, and we started to drive all the way down to the Iranian border. But before we left, we went to, there's only one restaurant in those days in the capital. We went to eat lunch, 
while we were eating lunch, these two American men in suits came, walked right in, came right up to our table, and said, Mr. Markert, can we see you out in the hall? I'd never met these men. And so I go out, and they said, we're with the U.S. State Department. And they said, we know who you are, and we know the kinds of things you do. And they said, you're going to go to the border of Iran, aren't you? <laughs> and I, it's not always wise to answer questions. I said, why do you ask? <laughs> and they said, we are asking because it's illegal for Americans to go to Iran. And we know you're going to go, aren't you? And I said, yes, I'm going. And they said, well, we're here on behalf of the United States government to tell you that you cannot go. It's illegal. I said, yeah, well, I also work for the government. And, you know, I have a visa from my, my king who says I can. And they were just kind of chuckle a little bit. And they said, we're not going to be able to stop you, are we? And I said, nope. And they said, well, then we're here to tell you on behalf of the U.S. government that we cannot protect you if you go, and we will not do anything to help you. And I looked them right in the eyes, and I said, someone a lot better than you is going to protect me when I go to Iran. <laughs> so I don't care if you do it or not. <laughs> and they thought I was crazy. Well, we get in the van. We start to drive across the desert. It's all it's desert. We get to the first border station in Ali. And... We all hid. There were, there were five of us, no, seven of us from five countries. We had Americans, Brits, South Koreans, Israeli, and a German, a German girl, all YWAMers. So we hid down between the seats, you know, and they closed the curtains, and the border guard comes up with the machine gun to the driver. Now, our driver knew this was very illegal, and he was nervous, so he started to shake, you know, and he was obviously nervous, so the guard knew something was happening. So he stuck his head in the van and saw the tops of our heads sticking up between the seats. So they come around, open the doors, get us all out of the van, and hold the machine guns right up to our heads. And then they went totally into shock because they had never seen a foreigner in their whole lives. Because remember, this was isol an isolated part of the Soviet Union. People couldn't get into there. And this was an isolated part of the country. No one was allowed there. And suddenly, there are seven people from five different countries standing in front of them, and they were in shock and didn't know what to do. So for 10 minutes, they held machine guns at our heads and just were like were staring at us. And then they put their machine guns down. And we thought, that's a good sign, <laughs> you know? And then the first guard stepped forward and he started to feel my hair. <laughs> and then they started to feel our hair because they had never seen like straight black South Korean hair and they wanted to feel it. And they'd never seen the German girl. She had curly red hair. They're feeling her hair. They have a hair thing in Azerbaijan. <laughs> so they felt our hair. They didn't know this. Honest to God, is, God is my witness. Felt our hair, didn't know what to do with us because no one ever came to their border station. They put us in the van and said, you can go through. So we went to the second border station where we hid. Our driver's nervous. They get us out. They hold us at gunpoint. They felt our hair, put us in the van and sent us through. And all five borders, all five border stations, hold us at gunpoint, feel our hair, send us through. I am not kidding. <laughs> Now, why are Christians bored? <laughs> why are Christians bored? Because they're not taking the planet for Jesus. I guarantee you, you will not be bored. Okay, if we take the planet for Jesus. And he's a big God who can protect us. So, we get all the way down to the border. There's a town there right on the border. It's not on the map. It's called Ostara. 
And Ostra, we never, we didn't know what to expect. We got there late at night, and you guys, Ostra was like an old wild western town in an old American western movie, because in Iran, it's so radical and so intensely Muslim, just about everything is a sin, and it's illegal. Like it's a, you know, alcohol is illegal, and playing cards and gambling is illegal, and even swimming, swimming is illegal. They consider it a sin to swim. So you know what the Iranians do? They come across the border into Ostara to do drugs and to gamble and to dance and to go swimming. Brothers and sisters, let me tell you, drugs are dangerous. Never, never take drugs because they will lead right to swimming. <laughs> so they come up, they take drugs, they get drunk, they gamble you know, and go swimming and everything, and they're shooting guns in the air, drunken and everything. It was a wild place. Well, there's only one hotel in the whole town. The Russians had built these what they called in-tourist hotels. And we go to the in-tourist hotel, and the guy behind the desk freaks out, and he goes, oh, you're foreigners, you're not allowed here, this is illegal, you know, you can't be here. We said, well, we're here, and there's no place else to stay, we need to give us a room. He said, you can't stay here, I will go to jail, you know. And we kept talking to him and finally said, okay, okay, I will let you have a room. But, oh, this is so illegal. I'm going to jail. And he said, I'll give you a room, but I just have to tell you. He said, I have not cleaned any of the rooms in 10 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You all know about like five-star hotels? This was a negative five-star hotel, okay? It was. It was horrible. And so we brought, we go up to the rooms. You cannot imagine the rooms. So we had five girls, we put them in one room, and we tried to close the door. And you know how the metal lock in a door goes into the wall? Well, all the wood was broken away, and the door wouldn't stay closed. And I said, you know, we want a room for the women where it locks. And the guy goes, oh, we don't have rooms like that. He says, those Iranians, you know, they, they kick in the door, they shoot everyone, they steal their drugs, what can you do, you know? <laughs> And so he said, all the rooms were like that. So we put the five girls in this one room, and we put the, all the furniture against the door, and then all the guys, we crawled out the window and crawled along the ledge to go into the window of our own room, okay? We slept there all night. The next morning, we got up to go down to the border of Iran to pray, because I just, oh, I've got to take Iran. And so we walk out of the hotel, and there's about 500 Iranians and Azerbaijanis standing outside the hotel because the word had gone out there are foreigners here from five different countries and they'd never seen a foreigner and they wanted to see us so we walk out we couldn't go anywhere this huge crowd and for about 10 minutes they're just staring at us and then this first brave man stepped forward and started to feel my hair <laughs> and it led to a hair feeling frenzy you know they felt our hair I it's really true. This is a true story. I, honest to God. See, people don't believe this, so I just want to kind of take them so they can experience this. So after, after a while, we started to walk down to the border of Iran. And, we and they followed us all the way down to the border of Iran. And uh, here it is right here. Oops, yeah. No, how did I get there? Oh, I hit the map. I wanted to show you a map. We walked down to the border of Iran. It was this rock wall. Okay, and so they followed us and they gathered around us there at this rock wall. And so we knew we just couldn't pray. You know, in the name of Jesus, we come against Islam. In the name of Jesus, destroy Islam. Because 
we were surrounded by about 500 Muslims, and some of them could speak English, you know, some of them. Not, not very many, but some. And so let me give you an important safety tip. When Daniel was in the lion's den, I am sure he was not kicking the lions. When you are in the lion's den, do not kick the lions, okay? We're surrounded by these Muslims, so we knew we had to be careful. So I made a big mistake once in Bhutan. Oh, man, I'm so used to going to countries and doing spiritual warfare, and they don't speak English. But the national language in Bhutan is English. They all speak English. But you don't realize, you forget because it's totally Buddhist, you know? And it's, it just looks like you're in a Buddhist... And so I'm in this temple, and I start saying, in the name of Jesus, I stand, and everyone starts looking at me, and I'm going, oops, <laughs> forgot, you know, and then shifted into tongues. So... <laughs> You need to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. It's important. So what we did, we knew we couldn't just... So we just stood against the wall. We put our hands on the wall. And one of our leader from Azerbaijan, he got out in front with a camera and started taking pictures and we're waving. But instead of saying, hi, mom, we're going, in the name of Jesus, we claim all of you for the kingdom of God. <laughs> May the Holy Spirit convict you of your sins. You know, May missionaries come and plant the church. And they're all waving back like, oh, nice foreigners. You know, they're waving back at us. And so for about 10 minutes, we're praying like that, waving at the camera. And then the border guards on top of the wall, they could see this huge crowd and they wondered what was going on. And they leaned over to see what was happening. And they started to point their machine guns down at the tops of our heads. So we thought this would be a good time to move. <laughs> and so we couldn't go through the crowd. So we had to kind of slip down the wall sideways. The, the entrance into Iran was that way, so we we're going the opposite direction. As we're going down the wall, we're waving, you know, may the, oops, ooh, may, you know, may the Holy Spirit come and bring you new life, you know. We're praying, and you guys, we got down about 50 feet, and suddenly, right there behind us, there was a gateway through the, the wall open into Iran and no border guards, not one to be seen. And to me, <laughs> that's just like I'm a three-year-old kid, mama's out shopping, and there's a chocolate chip cookie jar in the middle of the floor, <laughs> okay? That's what it was like. So I looked and I turned around and I said, are you, I said to the leader, our leader is his name, we'll call him John. I said, John, are you thinking what I'm thinking? And he said, Fred, if you're thinking Joshua 1-3, every place on which you set your foot, he said, I'm with you. I turned to the team, I said, ladies, are you with me? Are you going to come in? They said, we feel led of God to stay right here and pray. <laughs> you know? So we left this guy, boy, we left him out to protect the women. And I said, John, let's go. And we turned around. And you guys, I set my foot across the border illegally into Iran. And at that exact second I put my foot illegally into Iran, this border guard came out from behind the wall and put a machine gun right at my head, okay? <laughs> now, God's not going to ask you to do this on your outreach, okay? Because David had to kill his lion and his bear before he faced Goliath. God is not going to give you Goliath right on your outreach. You've got to, I've been doing this for 25 years before this happened, okay? So it's not going to happen to you on your outreach. They has a machine gun right at my head. And you guys, no matter how many times I've been held at gunpoint, and I forget now how many times, it's so common. No matter how many times it happens, I'm here to tell you, you totally freak out. 
And no matter how much you know God's big, you're just like, ah, you know, you freak out. Anyone who doesn't freak out is not human. It's not real. Even though God's big, you know, it happens. We're just normal people. You get scared, you know, because you're looking down a gun. It's kind of freaky. <laughs> and when that happened, my mind went blank. It's like my whole mind went blank. And I knew I had to say something because I'm halfway into the country illegally and he's looking at me like, what are you doing? And so with my mind totally blank, I knew I had to say something. I found myself pointing to the dirt. And I said, is that Iran? <laughs> right where my foot was. And I'm going, is that Iran? And the guy's looking at me like, crazy American. And he goes, he's nodding yes, it's Iran. And I said, I better ask him permission now that I'm halfway in. I said, can we go into Iran? And he nods yes. And then I had another thought, and I said, if we go into Iran, can we come out of Iran? <laughs> See? That's the other important question. <laughs> and he just kind of shrugged his shoulders. So I looked at John. I said, John, I'm going. What about you? And he said, yeah, I'm going too. And John and I both stepped into Iran with this guy with the machine gun, and I'll tell you the rest of the story tomorrow. <laughs> wow, Fred sure knows how to tell a story, and man, how he ended that one. That was great. Uh, you know, you're going to have to stay tuned for our next episode, episode 12 of GNN, God Network News, in order to hear the exciting conclusion of that testimony of what God's doing in Iran. And uh, the story of what Fred Markert did as he went and visited that country. And well, visited maybe isn't a word. Maybe uh, <laughs> broken or something like that is, is closer. But it's really exciting how God can lead you. And this is a great story about how the Lord loves those people that don't know him. I mean, he loves all of us, but he especially has a heart burden for those who have never heard the gospel message at all, never had an opportunity to hear about Jesus. And Iran is full of those people. And uh, so we're going to finish up this episode with a beautiful song by Amy Nobles, and it's called To the Ends of the Earth. And as you listen to this song, think about how God is calling us, not calling us to take him out to the peoples that don't know him. He's already there trying to woo them to himself, but answering the call to go out and join with him to reach those who have no, never heard of Jesus. And so let's listen to this song by Amy Nobles. Take me 